So I do henna tattoos. It's one of my jobs and I've been doing it for a very long time. And um, that's how we met. He messaged me online on my Facebook page for the henna saying that he wanted a henna tattoo. It was a pretty big piece and I was like, okay, that's going to be like $75. And then he was like, you know, I don't know if I want to spend that much on something that's not going to last that long. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. But that's my rate. I also was like in school busy and I didn't really want to do it. And, um, but he was like, well, what if I just get like this smaller version of it? And I was like, okay, like I can do that for 35. And then he was getting a little like more flirty and I, and I'm pretty friendly. So I think sometimes it comes across the wrong way. And he was like, what about uh, $30 and a glass of wine? And I was like, are you asking me out? And I was like, well, it would have to be, you know, just as friends. I'm dating someone. He was like, yeah, yeah. You know, he, he came across like pretty friendly, but then like he went, he messaged me like a lot and then he added me on Facebook and I was like, all right, you know, whatever, you know, not thinking that he's like up to something, but I agreed to give him the tattoo. So he showed up, you know, and I'm pretty professional (laughs) when it comes to my job. So he came and then we definitely hit it off right away. He's a charmer. He's very, very charming. He can make anyone laugh and smile. And I was totally, I loved it. It was really fun to like just talk to someone, you know, make a new friend. And things ended shortly after with the guy that I was seeing. And I was having a really hard time with that. I was super vulnerable. And then John kept popping up. He's able to kind of just sense when people are in that way. So he he kept showing up uh, places when I didn't want him to. And I was trying to be polite. One morning, he knew I was going to be setting up my artwork at a coffee shop. and. I was going to head right to Detroit after, and he had wanted to see me. And I was like, no, I'm busy. Um, You know, have a good day. (laughs) And just trying to be friendly. And then he kept saying, where are you? What are you doing? Like, just texting me, blowing up my phone. And I'm like, this guy's kind of bothering me a bit. And then I went into the coffee shop, dropped off my work, and I ran out because I had to go. And he said, like, what coffee shop are you at? And I told him, and he was like, sent like a facepalm emoji and was like, oh, I'm at this one instead. And I said, oh, okay, like, you know, I'm sorry, I got to run to Detroit. And then he was like, I'm here. I want to see you. I have presents for you. And I was like, okay. So I was like, come by. Um, so he came by with like this bag of treats for like my road trip, which was, I was like, oh, that's so sweet. And I kind of just like downplayed the like little red flag that that was, but I definitely got addicted to the attention from him. And we would hang out a bit, but I also kept trying to tell him, you know, I'm really going through something and I know you like me a lot. Um, you know, I just went through a breakup. I'm heartbroken. I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life with this guy. It's really, it's tough. And he said that he had no expectations, but his actions were definitely different. He would want to see me a lot. He would get jealous if I said that I was going to hang out with one of my guy friends. So I kind of called it like I put him in timeout. So I didn't talk to him for a couple of weeks. He, he did respect that. But when I told him that I didn't want to talk to him, so I was like, I need to deal with this. Like, this is like stressing me out. We need to back off. He went crazy. He was blowing up my phone with the meanest messages saying, I finally was happy. And then you're taking it away from me. And I was like, whoa, whoa, dude. I was like, you are responsible for your happiness. I'm responsible for mine. So I didn't talk to him for a couple of weeks. And then I ended up moving. I was kind of lonely here. And like, you know, all my friends were back in the city and I was thinking a lot about everything with 
John and and I missed them. So I reached out to him. It was his birthday and I was like, happy birthday. I hope you're doing all right. In my head, I'm like, no one's really a crazy person. Like he probably just was going through something too. I know he had just gotten divorced. So we started talking and we were hanging out again. You know, he would always try to like tell me like why we should date. And then it definitely got in my head. And I was like, I do like this guy. He's like, he's older. He seems like he has his life together. There were a lot of people telling me like, this is not okay. There's a lot of red flags. He's moving in way too soon. Like the age difference is we're 11 years apart. He's older, but I didn't listen. (laughs) I did, you know, have the red flags in my head, but I was also like, I'm having so much fun with this person. Like he's so fun to be around. He seems to know me so well. Then like another guy kind of came back into my life from my past and I, I fell for him like very fast. And I was like, there's no red flags with this guy. I told John about it and he was like, he'll never love you like I do. And I was, I was crying at the end of that conversation because I felt so bad because I did like him, but there was just something off. They dated this other guy for just a couple months and I was like, this just doesn't feel right. You know, he's my age. And then I had been used to hanging out with John, who was older, a little more mature, thinking I'm like, well, this isn't going to work long term, so I'm going to be done. And then I had texted John, and that was like not the smartest thing, but I, I was thinking about him, and I missed him because I was like, well, he took good care of me, and, you know, we started dating after that. You know, I tried to take it slow, but it escalated very, very fast. I fell so madly in love with who he pretended to be. And, you know, how could I not? He pretended to be this great, you know, amazing person. He comes across so lovable, such a good guy. We seem to have all the same values and everything in common. And he he seemed to always want to, like, I like to work on myself a lot because I have a lot to work on. Um, he seemed to, like, always want to help me with that and just, like, guide me. And I just felt so good with him. And I... I, just, I was like, this is amazing. It's a dream come true. It was good when it was good. And we started officially dating. And then we got engaged three months later. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> not, not the best um, idea. But I, I just thought that he was the one. And everything was going to be fine. My family was very concerned. But they were also, they saw how happy I was. And they were like, you know, okay. Like he met with my dad. They would have breakfast together. Even took my mom out to lunch. Like, you got to know everyone in my life. And the jealousy was that was a huge thing in our relationship. And there were little bits of it at the beginning. Like, his like facial expressions would change if I brought up a guy friend or, you know, someone looked at me different. And, but I just tried to like downplay and I'm like, everyone can like change. It'll be okay. After the engagement, things really took a turn. We moved in together and he was like, I want you to quit your job. I can take care of everything. I have a really good job. Uh, so he's a teacher, and uh, that plays a crucial role in the whole story. He had just gotten a job. He was making good money, so he was like, I want you to quit your job and you know, just focus on school because I was finishing my last year of grad school at the time, and I'll take care of everything. So I was like crying. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's so sweet Like, because I've always had to worry about money, and you know, this man wanted to take care of me, and I was... I was so happy. I was like, oh my gosh, that, you know, but I was raised to be a very independent woman. So it was, it was tough to relinquish that and have to depend on someone else. 
I did. And I told my family about it. And I remember my mom and my sis, my oldest sister being very concerned about that. And thankfully, I kept working a little bit so that I never fully lost my own income. We moved in together. And then the jealousy fights got a lot worse. And I couldn't, I couldn't leave. One really big one at the at the start was there was like just a guy friend that I had like hung out with before I met him. But I had like a lot of guy friends and John obviously, you know, didn't like it. And I kind of knew he had such a big jealousy problem. So there were certain things that I wasn't telling him. Like I got, I was in school once and I got a butt dial from my old guy friend and I texted him. I'm like, Hey, did you like mean to call me? I got a butt dial from you. He's like, Oh no, like that was an accident. I hear you're engaged. And I was like, yes, I am. And I was like, how did you know? And then he didn't say anything. And that was the end of the conversation. And I didn't tell him about it because I was like, well, no reason to, I don't have to. Plus, you know, he gets jealous over little things and I just didn't want to fight. But people run into people and John was getting his hair cut and ran into my guy friend who went up to him and was like, oh, hey, you're John, right? Like, congrats on the engagement. John got pissed off, came home and confronted me with it and said, did something happen? Have you seen him lately? And I said, no. He's like, so you haven't heard from him at all. And I was like getting scared because he looked pretty angry. And I was like, no. And then he kept pushing me about it. And I finally said, okay, yeah, like a week ago, he butt dialed me and we just texted a couple of times and that was it. And he flipped. He went crazy. He started yelling. His facial expression was terrifying. And then I ran into the bathroom and locked the door because that's the only room with a lock. He was like, I can never trust you again. Like, how can I trust you? And he was just yelling at me. And then I felt terrible. I felt like I had done something terribly, terribly wrong. And I came out of the bathroom and he was packing a bag to go. And I was freaking out. I was like, no, 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 like, don't leave. He was like, you need to tell me from now on, if any guy texts you, you need to show me the messages. And I was like, okay, okay. I felt terrible. I felt like I owed him. He was so angry. It was terrifying. It was the first time I really felt like afraid of him. I like fell asleep on the couch because I didn't want to be near him. And then he woke me up like at like one or two in the morning. He was like, come to bed. I was just like shaking it up. But at this point, I was like, I'll do whatever you say to not get you upset. So I came to bed and I just, just like went as far as I could to the side. And then the next morning, I just... I just was kind of trying to figure out like what just happened. And at this point I wasn't, I was in a fight with my mom and my whole family and I didn't know who to go to. I didn't know what to say. And I went to school and I went into my studio and I crawled under the desk and I just cried and I tried to sleep because I hadn't slept. And my good, good friend who is amazing came in and saw me and she was like, what happened? And then I told her and I was like, I'm a terrible person. I feel so bad. I did this. She was like, you're being abused. And that was the first time someone told me that I was being abused. I didn't want to believe it. This person I love, want to marry, you don't want to, you don't want to believe that they're abusing you. And I would always just downplay it. I downplayed it for a long time. But that fight, I knew something was very wrong. And it's so weird because I think in the next couple of days, we went to a big friend gathering and he pretended like everything was fine. And I was just shaking. So then I thought, well, maybe everything is fine. Maybe there's nothing to worry about. When I had finally told my my mom about what happened a couple months later, she was like, this is not good. 
you need to be careful. So I started being a little more mindful. And then any time that I did get like a text from a guy, I would show him, I would tell him, because I was just terrified that that was going to happen again. So he was insanely jealous of this guy that I had gone on one date with, who I had been friends for a long time. And he's a sweetheart. We had so much fun. We went out like for drinks. And, and this was when I was single before John. And um, again, that's okay to do. So we went out, we had drinks and we kissed once and that was it. And I made the mistake of telling him he became obsessed with this guy. Our entire two and a half year relationship, he was obsessed. He would not let it go. So New Year's Eve, we were watching that show, You. And the character looked, he got upset because he looked like the guy that he was obsessed with. So then he went on to my friend's Instagram saw that I had liked one of his drawings he posted, and then he flipped again. He started accusing me of, he's like, well, since you're liking his stuff, you're giving, you're letting him know that you're still interested in him, that you want to be with him. Why am I not enough for you? And I was like, at this point, I was getting a little more feisty. I was just like, no, like, this is ridiculous. You're being insane. You have got to get this jealousy thing under control. And we had an awful, awful fight. That was one of the worst nights ever because even though we had tried to reconcile for you know new year's eve right he definitely needed to show his his power and his dominance over me and i don't want to go into too much detail but when we got back home that was definitely one of the worst nights of my life he we had a pattern of the tension builds something happens where he blows we have a big fight and then the next day it's a lot of love bombing and that's where the trauma bond would happen. We would have terrible fights and the next day he would be an angel. And he would say, I'm sorry. You know, he knew exactly what to say to get me to stay. And sorry, I'm trying to do better, help me do better. I need you, I love you. Uh, I'm so sorry, it won't happen again. It kept happening. Basically, the jealousy was not going away and he was just getting better at hiding it. He would tell me, my guy friends, like he would tell me if a guy texts you past 9 p.m., like there's only one thing he wants, you can't trust it. So I started distancing myself from a lot of people, turning my phone off. And then something uh, really strange happened. He texts me and says, I need you to pray for me. I'm getting called into HR. I don't know what's going on. I'm like, okay, what? And then he comes home. I'm like, what happened? Like, what, what is it? He's like, the school is saying, like accusing me of not having the best intentions as a teacher. And I'm like, what? And he's like, there's this document saying like that uh, I was really like flirty with the students and I would go to their like basketball games and they would hang out in my room and I helped coach the basketball team. That's why I was there. And then he he was able to explain everything away very, very well. And I, I believed it all, of course, because I, I had, see, we walk around town, you know, and everyone sees him and it's like, oh yeah, you know, they know him as like a great teacher. I was like, oh, you know, of course I believe you. He just explained it away so well. And I said, is there one student that came forward that, you know, accused you of this? Because that would be a different story. So I said, is there one student that came forward? And he said, no. He said, there's no proof. No student came forward. I'm like, okay, then I believe you. Like, it's going to be okay. He tried to fight it with the school so that he could stay. But so he was forced to resign. A few months go by. And, you know, the jealousy is 
is not stopping. The fights are really bad, but the trauma bond is there and I can't, I'm just not leaving. Oh, thank God for COVID. <laughs> because of COVID, we had to postpone the wedding. When I found out we would have to reschedule, a part of me was so relieved. And I was like, oh, that's a funny feeling. Like, what? okay. You know, I was, of course, like heartbroken. I have to move my wedding. I had the dress. We had the venue. Everything's all, all ready to go. But I felt relieved. And I was like, you need to pay attention to that feeling. A week before our original wedding date, we had a terrible, terrible, terrible fight where things got more physical. It was because of jealousy. We had done a work event. Um, we helped my, my cousin out like with this like open house and there was like six people serving. So we all like at the end of the event, we were all sitting together and John was across from me and I was sitting next to a couple other of the coworkers we had. One was a guy. <laughs> I had like looked at him and I said, you look familiar. Did you go to West Ottawa? And then he's like, nope. And just kept eating. And I'm like, okay, you know, that was the end of the conversation. And I look up at John and he's just staring at me like he wants to kill me. And I'm just like, oh shit, I did something wrong. And then, of course, we got into the car to go home. I still can't get in cars with people that easily. I have to, like, really know someone because so many fights happened in the car. He was like, yeah, he wasn't wanting to talk to you at all. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, when you said, like, yeah, you look familiar, like, he just ignored you. Like, and I'm like, okay, are you, like, jealous of that? I can't say that to someone. And he said, you don't know how people see you. You don't know what happens like when you talk to someone, like they want you. And I was like, you don't know what other people are feeling. Like you're crazy. A few days later, I get, I got a text from, from that guy that I said that to. He's like, hey, like your cousin said that you're an artist. My wife and I are looking for a painting. Uh, we need someone to paint our boat. You know, would you be interested? And I was like, yeah, like, you know, look at my Instagram and see if the style is something to your liking, you know, if I can work that out. He didn't say anything, so I'm like, okay, there's probably not this, this kind of style, and that was fine, and that was it. And then um, John and I went to hang out with, with my cousin and her husband. My cousin was like, oh, did you hear from my coworker about the painting? And I was like, oh, yeah, I got a text from him, but I don't think it's going to work out, so not a big deal, right? Immediately, I feel John tense, and I can like feel his energy, and I'm like, fuck, this is not going to be good. So, you know, we leave, we get in the car. As soon as we get in the car, flip. He's like, why didn't you tell me that he texted you? Like, what's going on? I was like, this is ridiculous. I can't do this anymore. Like, I'm done. Like, this, these fights, nothing happened. Like, I can't do this. And I said in the car out loud, I am setting myself free of this. <sighs> and I, I didn't. You know, I didn't. But the, the car ride was awful enough for me to say, I'm done. I'm packing a bag and I'm leaving. And, you know, it's, I'm leaving until you, like, calm down. This is ridiculous. We get home. I run into the apartment. I pack a bag. And he um, he's just yelling at me, accusing me of all this stuff. And, and I had, you know, I saved the text from that guy. And I, I, he's like, let me see your phone. So I showed him. And then he's like, oh, like, okay. And I'm just like, this is not okay. I'm like, I need to get out of here. I don't feel safe. And I pack a bag. And then he like tries to like, he holds, so he restrains me. He would restrain me a lot the whole time we were together. And I didn't know that that was abuse until I started doing the research and talking to a therapist. If someone holds you or restrains you or blocks you from leaving, that is abuse. And, you know, I got out of his arms. I was like screaming, like, let me go, let me go. And then I finally like got out and then I pack a bag and I run to the door and then he grabs my bag and he throws it. And then I freak out because he hasn't done that before. 
and then I'm definitely knowing like this is this is escalating I'm terrified and I, I back away and I pull my phone out to call someone and uh he starts to get a little more scared and then I I'm like so I try for the door again and um and then he grabs my he grabs my my face my jaw and forces me to look at him and he's just like why didn't you tell me that he texted you and I just like uh it's a little fuzzy how I got out, but I managed to get out and I left. I told my mom everything and not just from that night, everything, everything. And she was like, you never, you're not going back there until you go to your therapist first. I stayed away for two days and, um, and I came back, you know, cause he's like, I'm sorry. Like, I love you. And I, I said, I'm not coming back unless you agree to like talk to my cousin and her husband because I told her what happened. She was in an abusive relationship as well before, so she kind of saw a lot of the signs before I did, and she would warn me, and I just I told her everything too. That's when I started talking about it, because when the when the emotional abuse, you know that that always precedes the physical. So he agreed to like talk to my cousin and her husband. They just told him, like, you can never, ever touch her again like that. It's not okay. And he denied it a lot. And eventually, though, he told, he's like, yeah, like, I did it. But he minimized the whole thing, which makes me minimize the whole thing. But I also knew this is not okay. This is wrong. I made an appointment with a therapist, and then he did too. And when he made an appointment to go to a therapist, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, you love me so much. Like, I'm so happy for you. Everything's going to be okay. So it seemed like it was helping. I went to someone, he went to someone, and then we would go together. Or we would go see his therapist together. And narcissists and, you know, people with, like, psychopath behaviors, they can charm the therapist very, very well. And it's unfortunate that with therapy, they're actually able to learned like the cracks in their mask and how to fix them. He had totally charmed the therapist and the therapist was like, this guy comes in and he owns his shit. He's doing great. It's really tough and you have to find a good therapist and one who one who knows how to empower women, one who recognizes the signs of narcissistic abuse. But so we're in therapy and things seem to be going a little bit better. And at this point, the wedding is rescheduled. So I have an art show and it goes so well and I'm so happy and it's just like, it's, you know, such a great night. Everyone shows up because we all support each other. And my old friend that he was obsessed with came to the show. And we had talked about this in therapy, like what would happen if he did? Because he, he supports all the artists because he's a really kind person. You know, he agreed to stay calm and they went through like this scenario and I thought it was going to be fine. Yeah, he sh so he shows up and I, I hug him. I hug everybody. He showed up like with his girlfriend, like, and they were both so nice and sweet. And I knew that John was going to have a hard time. And I prayed before this show. I was like, God, like, cause I was kind of on the fence. Do I marry this guy or not? Because things are not getting better. I think they're just getting worse. And uh, I said, show me a sign at this show. What should I do? The show was great. We get in the car, of course, after the show and flipped fight he was trying to hold it back but once he let it go like I was like I just can't do this and then um a week later we got together with some friends and they were like you know how are you guys doing and I I, I said not good 
we talked with them for like two hours. They were trying to get through to him. The jealousy is out of control. You need to work on this. You've got to stop. And he just was not listening. I said to them, I said, what you guys are doing is great. Thank you. But anything that you say, he's not hearing. And I called off the wedding. I knew I had to do it calmly. So I sat him down and I said, we're not where we need to be. I can't walk down the aisle like this. Let's keep going to therapy. Like I'm like, we're, we're not breaking up, but we can't get married. We're not going to be ready to get married in June. He was like, okay, you know, he took it pretty well. He was definitely disappointed. So we were like, you know, let's work on this. Like I was like buying books for us to like read, to like do together. Like I was trying everything that I could. And it seemed like he was too. Um, then some other things started happening. I was cleaning the apartment one day. He was gone. There was like this sketchbook. I grab it and I'm like, ooh, a sketchbook. <laughs> so I like shake it. This paper falls out of it. And I'm like, what is that? And then I, I grab the paper. Um, it was the document, but I had never seen it. And on it, it clearly states what he was accused of and that there was at least one student who did come forward. I need to note too, when he did get fired, because originally he had told me that he quit the college because he had gotten divorced and was going to move back to Mexico. So I was like, okay, makes sense. And then go back to me finding the document. It says on there that he was fired because of these you know, accusations. And I confronted him. I said, well, look what I found. But I made sure to take photos of this before telling him that I have it. So I said, look what I found. I'm going to give you one more chance to tell me what happened. And he explained it all the way again. And I could tell in his eyes that he was believing exactly what he said, which is the scary thing. But narcissists and psychopaths are able to believe their lies. That's why they don't have lie detector tests in court. In tandem with this, I had heard from a unexpected but very trusted source that at least two of his past students, there was some really inappropriate behavior that happened with them. I didn't tell him that I knew that. That's when I started to look for my own apartment because my, my therapist was concerned. My parents were concerned. You know, it wasn't getting better. And they were like, you need to be in a safe place. Why don't you start looking to see if you can get your own place? And I did without telling him. The fights were getting crazier. There was one night where... We had gone to therapy that day and I talked about just, you know, how frustrated I was. And the therapist was like, she needs to be able to tell you what's going on in her day if she talked to an old friend. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with talking to an old friend, even if it's a guy. And I had reached out to an old, like, guy friend that I had to, like, drop because of him just to see how he was doing. Like, he was engaged. Everything was going well. I wanted to just talk to him. And I did. I told John about it that night after therapy because I felt pretty inspired and like let's see if we can like put these lessons into action and he you know he went crazy he was like well fine why don't you hang out with this person this person I hope you do this I hope you do that and then I just I was calm like I'm gonna leave like I'm not, I don't feel safe like this is not good he's just like no I'll leave and then he throws bags on the bed to pack and then he's like no this is stupid you leave and I was like fine I'm going to take my out. I'm going to go. Because I had tried to leave so many times, um, but couldn't. And like the average time a woman tries to leave her abuser is seven. I have no idea how many times I tried to leave over the years. But that was another one. 
So I was like, fine, I'm going to take my out. And I started packing the bags that he put on there and told me to leave. And then he sits on my suitcase and is like, what are you doing? Don't do this. I love you. Don't leave. It was just a complete flip. And then I just, I was just like, this is not okay. You see what's going on. This is not healthy behavior. Like we can't do this. And then we get back in the dance, the trombone, all the, oh, I stayed. I stayed that night. It sounds so crazy now, but I know the women who are in this, they can understand why I stayed. That's why anytime I talk to someone who's still in it, I'm like, girl, I get it. But it's so much better when you're out. I was able to find an apartment and I forced myself to sign the lease before I told him because I knew once I did, he would be able to explain, he would be able to convince me to stay. And that's what he tried to do. But because I had forced myself to sign this lease, I was able to make a plan to move out. I wanted us to keep working on things, but I just knew we couldn't living in the same place because the fights were getting worse. I wasn't feeling safe. And I was really concerned about what I was hearing too about these students and like him as a teacher. And, you know, I just kind of downplayed it and was like, maybe he is getting better. Maybe it's all right. That was in his past. Looking back though, there were a lot of, a lot of red flags because all the students, his phone number and, I did kind of see some times where he would push the boundaries, like he would take pictures and videos of his students. And I said, you can't do that. That's not okay. And he was like, oh, it's fine. So I seeing, you know, more and more of that and the red flags were popping up more and I was listening to them. I found an apartment and then I was like, this is going to be tough to tell him. So I waited till we were in therapy together because I knew he couldn't hurt me. <laughs> there was someone else there. I'm like, this, this might be a good chance for the therapist to see the other side of him. So we're in therapy and I say like, you know, I don't feel safe at home. I think it'd be best for our relationship if I moved out and we, you know, still work on things, but just apart, kind of, you know, go backwards a bit. And the therapist was like, this is really sad, but if this is what you need to do, you should do it. And I look over at John and he's not doing well, but he's holding it together because there's someone else in the room. And uh, he was like, well, this is what you're going to do. Like, okay. I was like, Whew. the next couple months, um, we just kind of prepared for this next step. He was like, we're going to work on this. It's going to be fine. And I was like, yeah, I was getting excited and uh, that we were going to, you know, be able to hopefully move on in a healthier way. You know, people kept telling me those still like, you know, look at these red flags, listen to your gut. And I'm like, okay, but this seems good. Like he seems like he's really trying to do better because that's what they do. They'll, they know exactly what to say, what to do to kind of dangle the carrot in front of you to keep you there. So I move out and I assemble an all-female team to move me because I was like, he he kept wanting to help, but I was like, no, because that was another thing he would hold over me. He's like, I can take care of you. I can protect you. And I was like, I can take care of myself. We all can. We're all strong enough to. And a lot of abusers want to make you think that you can't. And that's so fucking messed up. So my awesome team moved me and we were like celebrating, you know, like mimosas, you're going to be okay. Like, stay in healthy relationships and then they leave and then I I just break down I cry I'm heartbroken I'm heartbroken I missed him I called him crying the weird thing is he seemed pretty good um, with me gone and I'm just like I can't eat I lost a lot of weight I was just agonizing I'm like I miss him like maybe like this is wrong we had a lot of conversations that week after I moved out he was like, it's going to be okay. Like, I'll help you break your lease early. Like, I'll pay for it. Like, you can come home. I love you. Everything's going to be fine. He wanted us to try for a baby. He's like, let's like have a baby. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I'm not having a kid with someone I'm not married to. 
he knew that that would really tie me in. Like I would never leave if I had a kid with him. But I was like, I genuinely wanted to work on a relationship. September 18, I will always remember the best and worst day of my life. I stay the night at his apartment. I wake up, you know, the next day and I'm just like, so in love and thinking everything's going to be fine. Because it's a lot easier to think that way than to think like this isn't going to work. I go into the bathroom after him and he had left his phone in there. He had always been careful about his phone, always face down, always locked. And I never thought anything of it. I thought it was a little weird, but I didn't think anything of it because I trusted him. Something told me to grab the phone. I have never looked at his phone ever until then. So I grabbed the phone and it's unlocked. It's like, okay, brace yourself. So I'm like, I just need it for my own peace of mind. I'll hit the messages. I scroll down. I see this name, Crystal. And then the last message he had sent was thinking of you. I go through the thread. The world around me just goes completely silent. I see, what can I get for $40? And her saying like, oh, $40. No one's ever offered me that much before. You know, him just complimenting her body. Just a lot, a lot of really inappropriate messages him trying to FaceTime her and she's like, oh, I don't do the whole FaceTime thing. He's like, oh, I really want to see you. And meanwhile, I'm not allowed to like talk to other guys. I, yeah, I just like scroll through, scroll through, scroll through. And then I just remember like him being like, well, I'm teaching from seven to nine. Um, I'm free anytime after that. I saw him that day. Pretty sure he also had therapy that morning. And then when I'm looking at this, everything just kind of falls into place. Every warning I had, Everyone telling me that he's a predator, that things are wrong. It all falls into place. The bond was broken. I was done. So I, I come out of the bathroom just like white as a ghost, hyperventilating with, with his phone, just shaking. He's like, what, 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 what? He grabs the phone back. And then I just said, I am so stupid. And then I start packing my bag. He was definitely panicked because he got caught. This man is the last person I thought would do this. Anyone would say the same thing. Like, he is so good at pretending to be someone else. If I never saw those messages, I think I would still be with him. And he said, no, I didn't do anything wrong. Like, nothing happened. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, no. And I'm just, like, yelling. And I'm just so pissed off. I grab our, like, engagement photo. I throw it across the room. And he said, he tried to blame it on me. He said, when you moved out, I needed a sexual release. I was like, oh my word, wow. And I'm like, you know what? Go release yourself all you want. We're done. He just kept trying to deny it. And then I said, fine, let me see your phone. Give me your phone right now. And then he's like shaking and he's like, yeah, it's his turn to shake. I'm looking at it, making sure he doesn't delete anything. So then he goes, okay, before you look, you should know there's multiple conversations with many different women. Oh, I was like, that's it. I just kind of threw my hands up and I was just like, I'm done. And then he tries to stop me from leaving. And I'm like, oh, hell no, I'm not doing this again. So I grab my phone right away because I know that that scares him. And I get out and I'm done. He tries to like, you know, text me, call me. I immediately block him on all social media because I know now what he uses it for. Because he found that girl like on fans only Instagram. But, but the fact that they got private numbers and, you know, he was trying to pay for this, that makes it illegal. I thank God every day that I found those messages. It, it takes a while to detox from your abuser. But once you do, you realize hidden abuse, like psychological, emotional, spiritual, you don't see it 
really until you're out. Take three days away from your abuser and your mind will be a lot more clear. So that's what it took. And then I was like, I am fully aware of everything that happened now. And it's terrifying. I couldn't stop shaking for a good three weeks. I lost 15 pounds a few weeks after the breakup because he had tried to message my family, my friends, some of my clients. And it's pissing me off. And it's like, just drop it. We're done. Give it up. I'm like, I'm not coming back. There was a point where I was going to run some errands and I had like, I had passed him, but I was like, it's okay. It's okay. You're going to end up seeing him. It's a small town. And we were going the opposite direction. I get into the store and then I hear someone walking really fast. And then I hear them walk past my aisle, stop, and then come back. And then I look up and it's, it's him. And I run and I hear him say, no, 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 you stay, you stay. I'll go, I'll go. I'm freaking out because I'm like, oh, fuck, this is not okay. What do I do? And then, you know, I, I look to see if he does leave. And like he said he would. Nope, he comes right after me. I'm running away from him in the store because I'm like, I'm not any safer in the parking lot. There's no one in the store. And uh, he keeps coming after me and I yell, stay away from me, get away from me. And he doesn't. He keeps coming after me. And I managed to get to like the front of the store because that's where the, at least there was someone there, like a cashier. He's like, I just want to talk. And I just like, no, I try not to even like look at him because I know how powerful he is with his words and how powerful he is over someone's mind, including mine. And I was able to just like run towards the front. I shout to the cashier, like, excuse me, so that she sees me. And then he gets scared and, you know, he like backs away and he's like, I miss you. And then I pull out my phone (laughs) and then he, you know, gets scared and leaves. But because of this happening, I was able to start filing reports with the police. They were like, you know, you need to start reporting this stuff because you're in danger. So he got a stalking charge. And the way it works is that they have to have a warning first, an official warning before a restraining order. So I knew legally he couldn't come up to me or talk to me. A police officer was sent to his apartment. So I think that that sent the message, hey, it's over, leave her alone. I have been speaking out about it online. Um, I'm using my social media platforms to try to help people and share my story. And since I started speaking about it, the posts have gotten to the right people. About a month and a half or so after we broke up, I am contacted with an old student of of his. And she is my angel. (laughs) We met for coffee and she shared with me all of the horrible things that he did to her, all the grooming. She's a very smart woman. She saved every single message um, from him. So she also knows other students that like he had had. And I've seen all the dates on those messages. He was doing this the whole time him and I were together. Meeting with the student really just, it was so empowering for us both. Everyone sees him one way, but the people who have seen the other side, we feel crazy. Because people just praise this guy. I did. I'm like, I almost married him. What he does, he meets you, makes it seem like a coincidence, like the henna tattoo. But he stalks you online for a really long time. And now I know that I was just a target. And he preyed on me a while before we actually met. And collecting information, you know, he would ask for pictures. He would send pictures. He wants to know where you're at at all times. And the, the, the accounts of this too are on that document. 
I mean, I just thought this would never happen to me. We all do. It happened. It happens. These people are out there. It would have been so much easier to just stay silent and not talk about it. And because I spoke out, she was able to speak out too. And more people are speaking out, not just affected by like a lot of others, but by him. He would always tell me, you know, you have no proof. You have no proof. I have the proof now. You know, and I'm trying to live my life and do my thing. But I'm also trying to put a stop to this.